Management Research. Hello and welcome to the Management Research Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogdistov. Hello and welcome to the next episode in my podcast on Management Research. And today I continue elaborating on the topic of relational models and they come from the relational models theory proposed by Alan Fisk in 1991-1992 and this is an anthropological theory that uh, get established in the fields of marketing, management, um, I think social psychology and also we had some works in the field of sociology that are dedicated to this topic. Anyway, the theory was very powerful, and in this theory, or the theory is still very powerful, and in this theory, Alan Fisk observed four types of relationships, four modes or models of relationships that have different dimensions that underlie them. And if you understand a certain mode of relationship, then you actually understand how people will behave based on several scales, and you can kind of predict and understand their behavior. In the same way you can predict, for example, the conflicts, but about the conflicts we're going to talk in one of the next episodes. And today I would like to talk about the first model of relationship and that he describes is the communal sharing. And the main idea is that if you think about the primitive society about 10,000 years ago when people built tribes and they went with this tribe from place to place and they tried to get some food and get some place to live and hunt together and gather different products together and so on. So in this event, if you think about this entity, you will understand that it is a kind of a commune that is working there. And everybody is responsible for everything because everybody is responsible for the survival of the tribe. And if somebody can take care of kids while the others hunt, he or she does it while the others do hunting. And if somebody has an opportunity to protect the tribe and the others have the opportunity to, I don't know, to cook food and so on, they distribute this works also among them and everybody does what he or she can. And if there is something that you give to somebody else or if somebody takes something from you, it is just part of your whole resources. I think a good example is to think when I talk about these relational, relational models with my students, I propose them to imagine an ideal family. And we know there are no ideal families existing, but if we think about the ideal family, uh, the husband and the wife, and they have kids, and who takes care of kids? So everybody does, all of them do, because it's part of, I don't know, their life, it's part of their blood, it's part of their family. And if there is something they have, they have the common budget, if they need to buy something, need to buy food, they buy it not for each of the family members, but they buy it for the whole family. So if somebody gives something, he or she doesn't expect to get something in return. Many things belong to both parties because it's like the common good and they can use it commonly as not only the common budget but also the common kitchen, all the what your fridge entails. Uh, so it is all what you can what you can use. Uh, the responsibilities are shared jointly, the work and the one who can take care of kids, for example, he or she does, or who can do something at home, he or she does it, and so on. There is a moral obligation to feel kind and compassionate against each other and decisions are made by consensus where all parties discuss something and finally make a decision. And finally in this, if we look at this tribe or if we look at this 
family, then we will notice that the attitudes and values, they, they are kind of similar. And sometimes you know in advance, uh, if you ask the husband what the wife would think about it, because they have the common attitude, and if he or she will respond in this way, you assume that he or she also knows how he, his or her wife or husband would respond, and they have a kind of common values, they don't have to think about it, they just know how the other party would react. The identifying element in these types of relationship is something common, for example, the blood in the family, or belonging to the same place, if you think about a tribe, that they come from the same place, or live in the same place, and so on. And remember, I told you that it is how I explain my students how the communal sharing model looks like. It doesn't mean it has to be the ideal family. This model can be applied everywhere, and in families we can have different other models that we're going to talk about in the next episodes. The interesting thing is that sometimes in firms you can find something where the manager, or not only the manager, the employees say, say we are one family. And this is an indication that they would like to use this communal sharing model of relationship, where if you give something, you're not expecting something in return, then the responsibilities are shared jointly, and there is a moral obligation to feel kind and compassionate, uh, compassionate against each other, and decisions made by consensus. So all these types of relationships, they can be anywhere. It can be the relationship with your best friend. If you think about your best friend, is the one who he or she can come at night to your home, open the door, without telling advance that he or she is going to come, open a bottle of beer, and start talking about his or her problems. And this is exactly this type of relationship. It means the... The, the beer from your fridge belongs also to this friend, and he or she will not even ask you, I take a beer, shall I give you one euro, shall I give you something in return? No, actually, it is not the case. So, the communal sharing relationship is a kind of this family-type relationship that I call, uh, but I think Alan Fisk was more correct when he said it's the communal, it's like a commune, we're all living with each other and we develop this type of relationship with each other. He also argued that this is one of the first models that we develop in our life, because what we meet when we're just kids, very small, maybe babies, is the scare, and the parents, they know they have to care, so this is the basic, the first model of relationships, if I remember correctly, that appears in our heads, and that we continue using through our whole life, not only in the families, but also in different other relationships. And in the next episode, we are going to talk about the other model of relationship that I'm not going to call, you will discover it in the next episode. I hope it was interesting, and don't forget to collect information about all form models and the next episode to understand what is the problem with the relational models and why we have conflicts. Wish you all the best, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.